sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast we have on the line Simon Holmes a court. Uh, Simon is the um, energy transition specialist um, at uh, Melbourne University at the uh, at the hub there. So um, he's well placed to uh, comment and give us a fact check on Angus Taylor's roadmap to nowhere. Uh, good morning, Simon. Morning, Meg. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, we have Sean here too. And uh, he's. Good yeah. Hey, Sean. Okay, so um, do we want to just play that little thing first? Yeah, you've we have. We, you've probably heard the marketing guff that's come out. Uh, there was a one and a quarter minute piece that they put about uh, on the internet, which I thought summarised their uh, energy roadmap, uh, so-called, quite well. And uh, so I've cut it into six uh, chunks, which I think are uh, representative of, uh, of, the, of the story and thought we'd just ask you about each one as we go. Sure, sure, let's go. Yeah. All right, so the first one's just in the introductory. Australia is playing its part in the global challenge to reduce emissions. What do you think about that, Simon? Is Australia playing its part? No, we're, clear, we're, we're clearly not. Unfortunately, we're, uh, Australia, Australia's emissions are on um, uh, a very level trajectory. Uh, we, we committed to reducing them 23 to, uh, 26 to 28% by 2030. And contrary to what you hear, we're not on we're not on track for that. The claims the claims that you might hear from the government that we're on track uh, involve a certain accounting trick. They basically are um, trying to use some credits uh, that Australia gained gained from the system, um, really tracing back to to 1997. So uh, the the, on, the only way we're getting anywhere near any kind of target is, is, is if we cheat. Um, but worse, worse than that, at the international negotiations uh, at the end of last year, uh, Australia did its, did its level best to, to try to undermine the negotiations. We stuck our, you know, dug our heels in saying that we, uh, we demanded that we were allowed to use this cheat and most, um, you know, pretty much every other country uh, objected to that and we, we gummed up the whole negotiations just for, um, you know, so, so we, we certainly bat above our weight. Uh, you know, a punch above our weight, rather, in um, uh, in, in slowing down international action. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not pulling our weight very far from it. Mm. Well, uh, the next piece is about affordability and reliability. And in a post-pandemic world, a technology not taxes approach that doesn't compromise energy affordability or reliability is more important than ever. So there's some truth in that, isn't there? We do need an affordable, reliable system. Is this roadmap uh, heading in that direction? Yeah, they also mentioned technology and taxes that I want, that I want to talk about. Yep. But yep. So, so reliability and affordability. Um, we we have a we have a very reliable electricity network in in Australia. It's it's exceedingly rare uh, that that anyone to, you know goes to turn on the light switch and and uh, and, and and doesn't get power. Uh, from it, so we have a we have a thing called the reliability standard uh, that ninety nine point nine nine eight percent of the time that you want electricity, it's delivered. Wow, um, that's that's what our system is built to, 
and we meet that uh, we meet that standard consistently in Australia throughout you know throughout the states. It's, it's globally, it's a very high standard. And our energy ministers, for some reason, just voted to increase it, and partly, I think, because of political pressure. Um, but they uh, increased it to 99.9994%, which is ridiculously high. And, and there's, anyway, we, there's, um, you know, consistently we, we meet that reliability. Now, at, at the individual house level, you might see less because of um, uh, trees on power lines or cars hitting power poles or whatever, um, or transformers blowing in the heat. Yep. But the, the the thing we when they talk about that kind of reliability, what they mean is that there's uh, you know there's there's energy available at the generating stations, um, you know, or through the transmission network when you need it, and we we have no problem there. Um, affordability, um, the price of electricity is is um, you know went up for about uh, three years and, and has come down. Uh, this is at the wholesale level. It takes a while for this to filter through to consumers' bills. But um, energy prices are back down to about what they were four years ago before the big price increases. And what we've um, we've we've done a, a lot of um, analysis on on these energy prices in the group I'm with at Melbourne University, and and proven that there is a very high correlation between energy the electricity price and the gas price. So we had we had very low electricity prices when there was surplus gas before we started exporting LNG. And then, um, uh, so around 2014, 15, we had very low um, gas prices. Then when those gas compressors, the big LNG trains came on board and we started selling our gas overseas at a high price, electricity prices went up. And uh, since the the uh, oil price wars end of last year and also COVID this year when um, global oil prices have tanked, uh, we see that in the gas price and that's brought electricity prices down. So it's... Um, yeah, we probably the best thing we could do to, to stabilise electricity prices is to, is to move, you know, get gas out of the electricity sector or, or reduce its mm. reduce its share. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Australia's technology investment roadmap is a framework to prioritise the government's investments in new and emerging technologies. It's a clear plan to attract new investment, strengthen our economy, and create jobs. So, a clear plan, <laughs> uh, strengthen our economy, uh, investment, jobs. What do you reckon, Simon? Yeah, so the technology roadmap is just a list of technologies, right? It's, it's just someone's gone out, um, well, um, the chief scientist has re- got a team to go out and prepare a great big list of all the technologies that could help us reduce emissions. Now, what's amusing about this is that the, the um, ARENA, the Australian Renewable Energy Agency, and... CFC, the Clean Energy Finance Corporation, the two government bodies that have been help, helping in this space for since they were set up in, I think it was 2012, um, they've both had these lists forever. <laughs> they keep these lists and they work out, you know, they, they, they have analysts who work out what are the, uh, you know, the most, um, you know, viable sources of, of either, you know, low, low um uh, low emissions energy or emissions reduction technologies. Um, so no, none of this is new. They've just been you know, reheated into a into a new document. And then in that document, there's actually nothing that says here's the plan. It's um, here's a um, you know, here, here here's what we're going to do about it. It's just a list of technologies and a few goals. So it doesn't sound like a clear plan, as you say. Just a shopping list. It's it's just a shopping list, and it's a shopping list that you know, is, is a re- reheating of existing shopping lists. 
Okay, right, next one. The Roadmap's first low emissions technology statement has five priority areas. Clean hydrogen, electricity storage, low emissions steel and aluminium production, carbon capture and storage, and soil carbon sequestration. So, uh, yes, again, this is, uh, there is actually some truth in this statement uh, that they do have five. Um, but, uh, you know, are they the five that we need? And, and you know, like I particularly thought we could uh, focus on that term clean hydrogen and what mm, they mean by that. That's a worry, isn't it? Yeah, it, look, so, so there's used clean rather than green, mm, uh, I guess, is, mm. is, um, is, is what you brought there. There's, there's really only two ways of... Um, uh, well, you, you, you can, there are two pathways to producing hydrogen. You can you can use electrolysis, um, and and we can do that with with uh, renewable energy through electrolyzers, and out comes some hydrogen and oxygen. Um, and so that can be done in a way that that has uh, zero emissions. Um, or they can uh, they can start with with the fossil fuel uh, input. Um, coal is one, but gas is probably more viable. Uh, and then you you um, can basically split the gas uh, and take the hydrogen off and you get carbon dioxide, which they normally would release into the atmosphere. When the government says clean hydrogen, they mean either um, the electrolysis path or they mean um, making you know, cracking, cracking gas. They have talked about coal, but I, don't, I think that's a dead end. Um, cracking the gas and, um, and then capturing the CO2 and stuffing it underground. So they're, they're deliberately choosing to say clean rather than green because they want to leave open that option of using gas uh, and, and, and then capturing and using CCS to put it underground. Mm. Yes, yeah, so CCS, uh, this is a, you know abject failure as far as I can tell. There doesn't seem to be a single uh, example of this working on a commercial scale anywhere. Well, so, so I'm... I'm uh, I'm going to make myself a bit a bit unpopular. See, look, CCS is is a basket of technologies. Um, there's 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 a whole lot of different ways of capturing carbon, and there's a whole lot of different ways of sequestering it. And there are some projects around the world um, that are successfully capturing CO2 and and stuffing it underground. And it is potential. It is possible in the right circumstances to do that safely. Um, so there's not necessarily a big problem with it. But but CCS on power stations is a very is a different matter. It's it's pretty much been a disaster. There's only been three serious attempts at putting um, carbon capture storage on, uh, on on power stations in the world. Um, uh, all of them in in North America. There's there's a small one in in Canada that's operating called Boundary Dam, um, and it's it's really small. It's a 110 megawatt unit. So uh, to give you a sense, you know the Araring power station in in um, New South Wales is, I think, uh, about 2,800, so 28 times um, mm. bigger. Mm. Um, yeah, much, much bigger. Um, so it's just using one unit of that boundary dam um, and, and, and putting about a million tonnes a year underground. Unfortunately, they're using the CO2, when they put it underground, they're actually pushing it into oil wells uh, and using that to push oil out. So oh the CO2 they're capturing is... is, uh, is, is creating a bigger carbon problem. Mm. And there's... there's there was a slightly bigger plant built in uh, in Texas three years ago, uh, but they just announced um, just a couple of months ago that it's being mothballed. Hmm. It's been it's been shut down because it uh, there's the the economic case for using it um, has has fallen away. And there was a third project 
called uh, Kemper, which they spent $7.5 billion on before they realised it wouldn't work. And um, that's down in Mississippi. And the, the ratepayers in Mississippi will be paying that one off for years, even though it never generated, uh, you know, never put a single tonne underground. Wow. Um, so, so in the power sector, CCS is a, is a dud. But in the... Look, we, I, I visited a cement plant in Europe that is um, developing a technology where they can capture the CO2 from making cement. And um, they're not doing the, the, so they're doing the capture point, but they're, they're um, yeah. If, if if it all works out and if it becomes economically feasible, they'll put the carbon dioxide underground. And I'd rather that CO2 is in under the ground safely than it's in the atmosphere. Um, Still, so so- there's, there's some potential for CCS, but one of the big things that the, that the the roadmap didn't point out is that CCS only makes sense if you have a carbon price. No mm. one's going to voluntarily put their emissions underground. Mm. I often say about the CCS that you know it'd be great if they just make it mandatory immediately, like make make the the, the plants pay for it. And yeah. Go yeah, yep. go for it. If it's mm. if it's so good, yep, so good, go for just it. Just do it. There is um there is carbon capture and storage on one plant in Australia, the the Gorgon LNG project up in the northwest shelf of oh. WA. I was going to ask you about that actually. Yeah, it's it's um uh, I think it's been operating for four years. The the the, the um the LNG plant's been operating for four years. It was supposed to have carbon capture storage. But it took them um, about three years to get it going, uh, and it's it's been operated now for about a year. Um, it seems to work. We, um, uh, Chevron, who who own it, aren't, aren't telling us much about it. They're they're, they're keeping they're playing, uh, holding their cards pretty close to their chest. But it it captures about forty percent of the of the gas that's uh, of the of the carbon emissions of that facility. So sixty percent still goes straight to the atmosphere. Mm. Um, but they are capturing. Um, about three million tons a year, and that's that's good. But, um, you know, it, it would be uh, it would be very you know, it'd be quite significant in Australia's um, emissions if they were if they were um, venting all their CO two. So we should say, great, they've they've shown it can be done. Now let's put it on all the LNG trains in the country. I think we've got about is, is it um yeah eight to twelve or so trains. We should make sure it's on all of them. Yeah, make mm. it mandatory if it works. That's uh, that's that's the way to go forward. Then you know. If... Mm. So yep. so so the other thing that caught, captured my attention, I haven't been able to get a straight answer, or not a straight answer, but a, but a definitive answer from anybody about so far is this soil carbon uh, th- that they talk about. Do you know much about that? A little bit, yeah. So we we um, the 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 land has an immense ability to hold um, to hold carbon in the soil. So there's yeah, um, you, you've obviously got all the um, vegetation above ground. Um, uh, when, but in in, um, in our fields and you know, in, in agriculture, there's there can be a, a very large amount of biomass that's sitting under the surface. And depending on our farming practices, um, uh, you know whether you know, low low tilling um, and uh, certain you know, certain ways of growing crops and certain crops can put a lot of carbon into the soil. Now. Um, and and it, it can be a very, very cheap way of pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and putting it underground. However, if you um, uh, change those management practices or you know, drought or uh, fire or, or um, yeah, uh, um, you know, ch- changes, changes to how you manage that land, that carbon, do- that carbon can be released back into the atmosphere again as carbon dioxide. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's an idea, and, and there, is, there is one demo project in Australia that is earning carbon credits for this. Um, the, the idea that we can, um, you know, we can, we can 
hold carbon into the soil. But if you're going to pay people to do that, you need to monitor it. You need mm. to make sure they put down what they say they're going to put down uh, and that, that it stays there. So yeah. it needs effective monitoring and effectively it needs a price on carbon yet again. Mm. Yes, exactly. So the first part of this, um, the, the, well, the, in, in technology roadmap, what the, the, their goal is to someone to, to develop a method to cheaply determine how much carbon's in your, so, in, in your soil because it's, if you can't monitor it, if you don't have a cheap way of monitoring it, it it's never going to work. But mm. that, very, that, that really big missing point that you talk about, Sean, is that uh, without a carbon price, why would, why would anyone... Yeah. Bother, bother doing it. We, we haven't. We're not sending these signals, and and the government's been very, very clear that it has no intention of setting any targets uh, at all. So no. yeah. it's, 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 just, it's just kicking the can down the road. This whole process. It's just not. They're just not looking at some of the better solutions here, are they? Well, intentionally, they're they're trying to distract us from you know from from the task ahead. Yeah. Um, it, it's really just an exercise. Yeah, in distraction. Kicking, yeah. yeah, kicking the can down the road, having something to announce, but yeah. nothing, nothing new was, no. was announced. Mm. Um, yeah, just you know, really, really, there's there's nothing to it. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next uh, segment. Getting these technologies snippet. right will open up new export opportunities and create jobs across the country, while also reducing emissions. Yeah, well, if we do, if we do get these technologies, I mean, yes, we've been saying yes. we've been saying this for twenty years. Get get this stuff right, and, yeah. um, and, and Australia, yeah, we, 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 we do have a we are a very carbon intensive economy at the moment. We um, we 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 are the third the, the world's third largest exporter of fossil fuels, um, uh, and you know we, we export an immense immense amount of uh, of, of uh, I guess, sort of feed you know, global energy uh, supplies that increase increase carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Countries all around the world are signing on to zero, you know, zero emissions targets. We saw just in the last week, China has uh, China's determined that they're yeah. going to go to net zero. By I saw that. That was excellent. And, um, yeah, yeah. But they, they will stop using Australian coal long yes. before that deadline. So we we have a huge. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of warning that our uh, our exports are going to be worth a lot less and there'll be a lot less demand. So we need to be thinking about what are our advantages uh, in in you know as, as this century unfolds. And we we are blessed. You know, we've we've been blessed with so many things in this country, right? We had we 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 uh, we had you know going going back um, you know 150 years we had. Uh, Australia was made rich on um, from from the gold rush, and then we had mm. uh, we got rich on the back of the on the sheep's back. Yeah, uh, wheat um, uh, and um, coal, and then uh, and then gas. So um, and, and and many many other minerals. We we have been incredibly lucky in this country. But one of the things we are amazingly blessed with is our wind and sunshine. We, yeah. we have these. You know, we we talk about the boundless plains in Australia. Yeah, they are they are you know wind swept and sun drenched. Yes, um, we have immense amounts of uh, renewable energy. The question is, can we? You know, how, how do we make economic advantage out of them? And that's and that's well well you know, well understood. I think that we can 
um, uh, you know, at least by the policymakers. And this document talks a bit about that, which is good. We can use that energy to produce, um, you know, instead of sending our coal and iron ore overseas to be turned into steel that we buy back, we can use the wind and sun to make hydrogen and use that hydrogen instead of the coal to turn the, turn the iron ore into steel and mm. export that green steel, which yeah. will be in, yeah. in, in demand, increasingly in demand as countries demand that they have uh, you know, zero carbon inputs into, into their industry. Yeah. So we can, we can make uh, steel and aluminium using, using um, you know, uh, basically renewable energy as, as, as the energy input for those, those intensive industries. Um, we can um, uh, create uh, hydrogen-based fuel, fuels, such as ammonia, is, is a, um, uh, turns out to be a, um, a very viable fuel. Uh, mm. And we, uh, I, I was at a conference in Japan back in January where the um, major Japanese shipping line was, was um, plotting, you know, showing their pathway to move from fuel oil for their ships to ammonia. Wow. They, uh, they can see a pathway that within 10 years, ammonia will be cheaper fuel for them than, than oil and zero emissions um, yeah, if, if, uh, yeah, zero emissions from, from their ships. So we, we have these amazing advantages and we should take care of them and good on the government for um, starting to hint uh, about, about this, but it's you know, yeah, nothing new and just talking about it is, is not enough. You need to have some actual policy. Yeah. Mm. We, don't have, we, don't, yeah. we don't have the policy yet. And listen to the experts. Mm. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up with the, I think it's the final snippet we've got here lined yeah. up. And uh, I know you're pressed for time, so we should, uh, we should wrap this up then. No worries. The government will update priorities each year with advice from an expert group of science, business, technology and government leaders. Together, we'll drive billions of dollars of investment in low emissions technology and create thousands of new jobs by 2030. So the uh, National COVID Commission um, uh, is, is their expert <laughs> group expert at the group. moment. What, what do we think of that, Simon? What do, what's your thoughts on their expert uh, 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 panel? Well, they actually, that, that's one of their panels. Yeah. But, um, that that, that National COVID Commission. Mm. Uh, mm. And, and it's, um, I think, are there, are there four major oil and gas uh, people on that on that commission and nobody nobody from... Uh, the clean energy sector at all. Mm. Then for the technology roadmap, they did announce a separate board for that. And um, the closest they've got to someone um, who's got any, you know, again, you know, a, a set of people with, um, with, with, with no clean energy experience, but mm. there is um, <laughs> someone, mate, there's, there's a strange appointment, there's, there's a head of Coca-Cola on it. <laughs> um, uh, someone, someone said, well, I guess... Yeah, Coca-Cola's job is to capture carbon and carbonated. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they are a carbon. That's carbon what we could do with our carbon emissions. <laughs> you could make lots of soft drinks. Lots of hey, yeah. a, a gut rot led recovery. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, so, so yes, they're going to update this list. Um, uh, yeah, this, this, this list of top five technology uh, areas uh, every, every year. But there's there's nothing in the plan that creates a single job or uh, or you know there's and, and, and no. Yeah, no, no significant new programs or money or anything um, behind this. It's it's really just a reheating of previous, uh, yeah, previous, I guess, talking points that themselves were intended to ensure that we just keep <laughs> kicking this issue down the road. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, sounds like the Morrison regime's taken the philosophy of uh, not picking winners to the extreme of only picking losers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> 
that's, uh, that's that's a great point. Yeah, they used, used to hate picking picking winners, and now 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 picking losers. Yeah, oh, it's extraordinary. Look, uh, I think we'd better let you go. I know you've got an appointment. This is such a huge issue, isn't it? Will you come back again and talk some more about it uh, with us, uh, Simon? Happy to do so. That'd be great. Thank you so much for your input, Simon. Are you looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental As Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, we're hand in hand.